Okay, good morning, everybody. It says that we are live. Welcome to this week's virtual plant clinic. My name is Dr. Bill Lester. I'm with University of Florida IFAS Extension Service in Hernando County. And today, live with me in the studio office or office studio, I don't know what you want to call it, is my regular co-host, Lily Browning, who is our Hernando County Florida-Friendly Landscape Coordinator. So yes. good morning, everybody. And I see a few people are on already, too. So Lily's here in the little chair again. Yeah, now I give her a normal chair to sit in. I told her we could look for some phone books for her to sit on if she wants. Well, I did bring a couple boxes of Florida-friendly um, plant guides. Mm-hmm. That's, so that's a good use for them. Yeah, we thought about I could sit on one of those boxes. <laughs> that's why I am actually here today, because we were in need of some of those books. And I have shared, um, I had four boxes left. I shared half of those with you. And the reason I'm not, I, I'm kind of waiting to order more is because there's a new edition out there. <sighs> they updated it. They invented more plants, I guess. Maybe. I think what they did is took out some plants that are considered invasive, you know, live and learn. And then they have added some more. I don't know. I haven't even seen an electronic version of this new edition. Neither have I. I don't, I know don't what they even did. know what the cover looks like or anything, but I'm in touch with the uh, Florida Friendly office in Gainesville at the university. They told me, ask them tomorrow <laughs> if they came in. <laughs> And I, if I have to, I'm, I'm driving up to Gainesville to get several cases of it. So. All right. Load up the van. Stuff it yeah. full of free books. Mm -hmm. So if you're wondering, this is a book that we give out free at our office. We also have copies at our Master Gardener Nursery. Mm -hmm. um, you can access it online. There's a lot of ways that you can get this book. I'm trying to see if there's one around here. I don't think so. I don't think I got one laying around. Mm -hmm. I, goodness knows I got everything else imaginable laying <laughs> around this place. But my office looks so nice and clean from where we angle the camera. You can't see the air potato vines or the books or papers or clutter or anything. So we're just going to keep the camera pointed in this direction. Yes, uh, the cameras do tend to show the best of, of, of everything. <laughs> So if you have any questions at all about lawn care, landscaping, growing fruits and vegetables, whatever it might be, even snails, because snails are in the news also now, just go ahead and ask. Go ahead and put your question in the comments. Monarchs, Monarchs are in the news also. Good morning, morning Monique. Monique. How are you? And good morning, buddy. We didn't recognize buddy. I had a good class yesterday on, uh, I had a good amount of people there. Not Buddy, but he did like it later. How many did you have on? I don't know. At one point, around 20, 21, something like that, live. Through Zoom? Through Zoom. Okay. Yeah. Wow, that's great. Yes. That's, that's still strong, strong numbers. Yes, and it was on Green Gardens, and that is... Uh, pinned to the top of my Facebook page. So, you know, if you missed it, you can watch it again on Facebook. It's and I shared it on our Facebook page also. It's eventually going to find its way on Hernando County Government YouTube. But you know what they did? What? They let John go on vacation. What? Yeah. <laughs> so 
our partner in the YouTube office. <laughs> um, so it's a little bit behind, but they'll be there. I guess he's allowed a vacation. How long is he gone for? Probably just a week? I don't know. Okay, um, well, I need to get a hold of him, so I'll, I'll push it off a little bit, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I actually called his desk phone, and he answered from his cell phone and was on vacation. So I'm not sure why he did that, but... <laughs> So that's how in I case of that. a video emergency, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> so that's how I learned that. So I, uh, you know, but when uh, they'll get up there, he's a great partner in that. And so, but it, it's right now available um, on Facebook if you want to watch all about rain gardens. So. And eventually on Hernando County Government's YouTube channel, along with your other what eighty five classes or so i feel um, like a slacker now i think that one will make 83. there was the one from the week before the native plant one with rita grant that still needs to get put up there as well as the one i did yesterday so then i think it'll be around 83 84. wow yeah i need to do more <laughs> i need to get on the stick okay facebook user and this must be somebody watching from our facebook group uh that's okay. Um, it just shows us Facebook users, so I'm not really sure who this is. Could be, yes. It said, summer with the proper rain, all my native ground covers to stop at 8 or 10 inches tall, and flowers are so happy. Good morning to you, Mine too. too. Mine, too. I got this wonderful, um, remember I told you I had all the mealybug problem? Yeah. What I did was basically do some fairly major trimming and throw everything almost everything not everything that was affected away and let the rains swoosh them off and the beneficials take care of it i don't have a mealybug problem anymore and i have um in that bed i have got a bunch of salvia hence the mealybugs love that um i got this scorpion tail the native scorpion tail mm -hmm. we have some right out front of the office here beach and it looks great this time of year beach sunflower doesn't like all this rain but it's it's hanging on yeah and um some bunch grasses <clears throat> and my husband tried to get pictures through the window through his cell phone so they weren't great pictures but the, the hummingbirds love to come to that garden mm-hmm after I leave in the morning <laughs> and uh, in the back, I have some firebush and they just kind of go keep going back and forth. So they love firebush. Yes. And I noticed in my garden about the only thing I really have going at the moment that's really taking off and loving, not bothered by the really high heat and humidity and loving all the rain is calabasa or Cuban pumpkin. And I have two of them on there. The biggest one is about, it's bigger than a softball, pushing about, not quite basketball size, but it will be within a few days, probably. Uh, how does calabasa taste with kielbasa? Have you ever tried that? Calabasa, you could use as you would use any other winter squash. Okay, so you could, put it, squash. You could put it together in a stir fry. Yeah. No, <laughs> acorn squash has that kind of unique acorn squash taste. It kind of the same as butternut or most of the other ones. When will it be ready? You said it's this big. I'm, I'm not sure. <laughs> and I don't know how big it's going to get. Because the lady who gave me the seeds, and I still have a picture that she sent me of some that she grew. 
she grew on I here let's the thing was like this wow. big. It was 40 pounds, something like that. No, are those a 40 pound squash? Those are different than seminal pumpkins. Yes, but not very different. They're similar to seminal pumpkins, but a little bit different. Seminal pumpkins usually stay pretty small. Yes, but they're gonna vary a lot also. Mm. A lot of genetic variation. Um seminal pumpkins tend to be more orange, deep orange flesh. And calabasa is not as deep an orange flesh. And like Sean pointed out last week, there are some really good recipes online that where you roast it and cilantro and cumin and garlic. Mm -hmm. And it's if with, with Cuban food, it's really, really oh, good. Oh, yeah. So. Yes. Um, I think you have some, buddy. Okay. Well, we, we have some uh, recipe things here. Lentil soup. Mm, calabasa and sweet potato sounds very healthy. I'm going to have to try that. Yeah, no, that sounds great. I like lentils. We never to, cook lentils. You have to say what kind of uh, base you use for that. It's a vegetable or chicken or something. Buddy seems to have something there. Buddy asks about my view on the use of podium as a growth regulator for residential grass. I'm honestly not really familiar with that. I know that growth regulators do exist. They're not used very often. They're used a little bit in commercial agriculture, fruit tree production. They use growth regulators sometimes with um, blueberries and peaches to knock the leaves off in the fall to kind of kick them into going dormant. Um, I didn't know that they really were using widespread growth regulators for residential grass. What kind of grass, what type of turf grass is that used for? I would just... Uh, and I'll have to look into that one, I guess. You see that outside there? That's what I would use for a growth regulator. Oh, lawnmower. They're, they're, they're <laughs> yeah. cutting. You know... Normally, Thursday morning at 10 a.m. is when the guys come to cut our grass right here in front of the office. So if you ever hear a noise in the background, a little tink, tink of the rocks hitting my office window, which they do on a really regular basis, too. Now you know what that is. Yeah, I can't believe they haven't broken a window yet. They will one day. All right. Any other yeah, we have to find out what kind of grass you have, buddy. Um, yeah. You got to consider he's up in Tallahassee, too. I would just be concerned with any kind of, well, from a Florida-friendly standpoint, we try to, you know, encourage low maintenance, discourage as many inputs of chemicals of any kind that you can. So that goes back to right plant, right place. If you want something low-growing there, purchase something low growing, you know. And there are um, St. Augustine varieties that are bred to be more dwarf mm -hmm. and slower growing, so they won't need to be cut as often. Um, but that's within the breeding. That's not something additional that you spray on top of it right, after it's right. up and growing. And, you know, anything you spray on it now is just going to get washed off with the heavy rains. Oh my goodness, Lee got a couple of jackfruit. I can tell you right now that I'll never be able to say that as long as I'm living here in Hernando County. 
I don't know. I'm not sure how far north they'll grow. I could try jackfruit. If you ever see them online, people have pictures on Facebook. They picked a jackfruit and the thing is like this wow. big. Yeah, they're yeah. huge. I've never tried one. I don't even know what you do with it. I've eaten it. I told you that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. and it, they had it like pork and it had barbecue sauce on it. Yeah. My, and one Which of my kids. sounds, I try it, but it, stamp, it sounds weird. One of my kids is vegan. Uh -huh. So this is how, you know, when I go there, I get to experiment and that's what I tried. It wasn't bad. Didn't. You, you didn't you need like to it so much but next time you go you picture. need to take them a calabasa yeah maybe i should yeah, yeah. good stuff yes um but lee's split after a heavy rain did it split because of too much water probably yes <laughs> a lot of different crops will do that tomatoes tomatoes watermelons cantaloupes tomatoes are usually the worst because tomatoes if you water them normally or not quite enough the tomatoes grow they're doing fine they're used to a certain amount of water when you get a huge rain the plants just take up a huge slug of extra water and the skins can't grow as fast as the water's coming in and they split so that's it if you are able to pick it and consume it right after it splits it's still safe but after it splits, if it sits out there in the environment for too long, it's going to get bad, yeah. get bacteria and stuff. Yes. Then it can be compost. And Bill points out that Provista St. Augustine is a slower growing variety. That is correct. That's one of the newer varieties. And Citra Blue, I believe, is supposed to be slower growing also. How much slower growing, I'm not really sure. You would really have to actually grow it. And kind of see from personal experience we met that gentleman from polk county master gardener who is citra blue's biggest advocate <laughs> he sends us information all the time so that citra blue is the newest uf variety correct so it's not widely available yet i don't think well it is available but not really widely available yeah you're gonna call your you know Bob's sod company or something, they may not yeah. have it. Larger sod suppliers would be able to get it. But then again, that's always an issue because every time we're in a building boom, if you guys are all out there wanting to redo your front yard or backyard or whole yard, and you want to go and order up five pallets of sod and have them delivered, it may be really, really tough because every time building increases, there's a shortage of turf grass for homeowners. Because the builders are buying it all up. Sure. And then you have weather conditions um, that, you know, slow down the production. I was just yeah. talking to Bernie because I brought to him a situation and he and I were discussing it um, before this started. And the situation is a friend of mine who... <laughs> Basically came, I mean, he did it through the sod company, but he thought he had ordered several pallets just to fill in an area of bahia grass. And the order didn't go through for whatever reason. So the sod company said, just go behind this 7-Eleven. This is where it gets funny. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what now? <laughs> you know? You bought sod at a 7-Eleven. He's like, no, 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 no. It was now what kind of sod were you buying? What kind of grass were you buying? It's just behind the 7-Eleven. No. Um, 
And I'm like, what now? You know, the corner of the set where you, did you get velvet Elvises and <laughs> rugs in your son? He said, no, the 7-Eleven was being built. The sod company said, we're laying sod there today. I already talked with him. He'll give you several off of that load to take home. Long story short, where he put it down, it died, and he's blaming, um, first he's blaming sod webworms, but he has bahia grass, so army worms would be more likely to be in bahia grass, but they've you, never you'd really have to, been You'd have to have a lot to kill it, an awful kill lot. It. So in talking to Bernie, you know, we were walking through that probably he got the sod off this truck that was already dried out, and then he came in, you know, he is in, basically he's in the woods. Mm -hmm. And we're thinking possibly, and remember I told you he had just built, had a pole barn built. So I hadn't even taken that into consideration. Mm -hmm. We can action from the equipment, you know, and he isn't already, he is already in like clay-like soil. So we're thinking the ground just wasn't prepared enough for the roots to attach. And he also, because he's living kind of in a rustic situation, I'm sure he just relied on the rain and maybe didn't get it enough of that little bits, you know, that you need. Um, so there's probably all that, that combination of factors, not the caterpillars that hurt the sod. Yeah, the better you prepare the soil and the planting site for sod, the better your chances of the sod rooting and rooting quickly and growing and establishing and doing well. Because I've seen people, <clears throat> if they had a really, really bad looking lawn, they just cut it really short and throw sod on top of it. And it works. Maybe. Yeah. Not guaranteed and not always. It's a little dicey and that's a lot of money to pay Birdie. for a gamble the better you prepare everything and clear it out and till it and get it all set and put the sod down and then keep it watered as much as it needs right off the bat, the and better your chances. we have that schedule, right, at utilities. Mm -hmm. That is a great schedule for watering and grass. And the other thing Bernie told me to ask him was, did he try to mow it <laughs> before <laughs> it needed mowed? I'm like, you know, I didn't even think about that. So I'm going to take all these. <laughs> Yeah, That's you don't want to run out there and mow it the day after you throw it down. You need to let it root and get established. Mm -hmm. But if you live in Hernando County or any other county and you want some information on how often you should water your grass right after you replace the sod, if you shoot Lily an email, I'm sure that she'll send you some information. Absolutely. Okay. Yes. And there is Lily's email. Mm -hmm. Frequent well, light watering is what it needs to get established. Mm -hmm. And we'll leave that up for a bit because any really difficult questions you have, go ahead and send to that email address right there. <laughs> and I have the schedule that is what you're allowed to for 60 days in uh, Hernando County, but it's also what's best for the establishment of your lawn. We hear all the time, I can't tell you how many times I've heard people say, well, my sod guy said, just water each zone an hour a day with your new sod. And then go get your adjustment at Fernando County Utilities. It's such a waste of water. It's outrageous. It's also such a waste of money. You follow that. I have seen $2,000 water bills. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and 
go get your adjustment. If, if you use over a certain amount and for certain reasons, um, maybe it has to be new sod or a, a um, underground leak, you can call Hernando County Utilities, I don't know about anywhere else, and request an adjustment. You have to have used over 50,000, I think, to begin to qualify. And then they put in these other factors of which I know nothing, that's the magic that happens downstairs. And- um, Just tell them you know, Lily. Yeah, you get that one time, once a year adjustment. Um, there's something that might be coming down the pipe, Bill, though. What? Not yet. Oh but it's being discussed that the adjustments in the far future may not be available for St. Augustine grass any longer. That could be, there's, there's always things, things are always changing. Mm -hmm. And I can pretty much guarantee you one thing, they're not gonna loosen watering restrictions anywhere in the state of Florida. So if you think that they're going to go back to saying you can just water seven days a week if you want, you know, we're going to do away with watering restrictions. That's not going to happen. Because as I drive down the street and see new subdivisions going up, and I'm sure that you're all seeing it in your counties, it's going to be even more demand for water. And we're going to have even stricter regulations, rules. So it's best to prepare for it now and Nobody not really plan on watering. watering. You don't need to water right every day. Right now, you don't need to be watering at all. Turn that off. And it's not raining regularly like it used to 15 years ago. It's not getting every day at 4 o'clock a 20-minute downpour. But you know what? We are getting plenty of rain because I live in probably one of the driest areas of the county. Yep. And it looks lush and green. And our grass grows before our eyes <laughs> right now. So we're getting plenty. And I think, I think rainfall this year is pretty much average. Right. It's just not on the schedule that we are yeah, accustomed yeah, to. Yeah. But when it does rain, oh my Lord, it's, it, it's raining very Yeah, heavily. I've got some gully washers <laughs> yes, recently. Yes. I was stuck in my car on Tuesday. <laughs> Couldn't get in the house. Couldn't open the garage door to run in the house because the electricity was off. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay, we got a question and a comment or two here. Uh, Bassem asks, how to treat powdery mildew in my cucumber? Number one, this is July 28th, and you should not have cucumbers growing in Central Florida this time of year. Your spring cucumbers, you need to plan on them being done and pulled out of the ground by June 1st to June 15th. You can try them again in the fall, and we're not quite up to the fall yet. You can try them in August, September. I'd wait till September. Liberty. But it's going to be really tough because it's still really hot, humid, steamy, lots of bugs. So if you do have a disease on your cucumbers, any fungicide is going to help. Um, any copper fungicide is going to work well. And um, a product called the trade name is Dacanil. D-A-C-O-N-I-L is another fungicide that's labeled for a lot of different plants and crops that would help also. But generally, nope, you're going to have a real, real, real tough time growing cucumbers right now. And the funny thing is I can 
I can grab my phone, I can go on Facebook, and I can go through all the gardening groups, and what do I see every other picture? A dead tomato plant, or a dead cucumber plant, or a dead summer squash plant, or dead some type of melon plant. People are saying, what's wrong? And people are giving what's just- What's wrong is you're not in Ohio. <laughs> yeah. People are saying, use neem, use this, use, use some shade cloth. I'm like, it is pointless trying to grow them right now. It's not going to work. Never has worked. Never will work. If it's exercise and frustration. If you have a climate controlled greenhouse where you're able to control temperature to a certain extent, it's got ventilation, you have the proper percentage shade cloth on top of it, things like that. Sure, you can grow stuff. But out in my garden, I would not waste my time or money putting that kind of stuff in this time of year. It's not going to do well. Calabasa does not mind it and it's doing great. And I planted um, Asian yard long beans, which is a tropical type of bean. The beans don't actually, they don't actually get a yard long. They'll get about a foot long. They're real long and skinny and about a foot long. And they're doing great also. So you, you have to be very, very careful what well, you, you plant this time okra, of year. Sweet potatoes. I, I, I'm putting in sweet potatoes. I have nematodes. So okra in the garden would not last very long. You can put them in containers. I've tried that, and they're really hard to grow in containers because you have to water them literally four times a day. Oh. They dry out really fast. They'll grow fast, but they dry out fast. I need to figure out a way to grow okra. And what I'll end up having to do is just get a very, very large container and try growing it in that. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at... Um, well, there's going to be a class coming up on uh, micro-irrigation. Maybe you should watch that. It might help <laughs> with your container gardening. <laughs> yeah, did you send me anything to share today no. with a plug for no. upcoming classes? I didn't. It's on my Facebook. Okay. <laughs> if you want to know what's going on, just email Lily at this email <laughs> right down next, here. Next Wednesday at 10 a.m. Zoom class micro irrigation um will be brought to you by lily browning featuring dr william lester so it'll be a good class yes it will be haven't done micro irrigation for a long time we have a couple questions and comments on here let me Teresa get the correct on one yes Bill Camillo says, I've added a little bone meal for rooting when I repair grass areas with sod. That is very important. Sod needs phosphorus, and bone meal is an organic form of phosphorus supplement. So grass needs phosphorus to root correctly. After that, it really doesn't need a whole lot of phosphorus. No big phosphorus demands. Uh, is this viable or just something I've made up and it's a waste? No, it's not really... Um, something you made up and it's not a waste um you the can only use compost you can use compost but compost isn't necessarily no, high in phosphorus high. no compost is a mixed bone meal is not a plant instantly available form of phosphorus so if you're going to repair a spot in your yard you have a little dead spot out there in the corner and you're going to get a couple pieces of sod to put down chances are you already have plenty of phosphorus in the soil if you get a soil test, that's one thing they do test for. And almost everybody comes back with having plenty of phosphorus. But if you're worried about that, 
put some bone meal in and work it in before you put the sod down, a week or two or three, because it takes a little time for the microbes to break down the bone meal into the plant soluble Which phosphorus. Which is good too, so that gives the turf time to start rooting and, you know, um, when you plant anything new, you don't want to shock it with too many too many nutrients. You want to let it get just established, you know, with just water. Yeah. Now, before you put down sod, don't put down soluble fertilizer. You're not allowed to as part in Hernando County as part of our fertilizer ordinance. If you live in any other county, you're going to have to check your county's fertilizer ordinance because they are all different. And I only know Hernando counties. I don't know Broward. And, Leon County Basically, and else. it's the rule of any new plant when you're transplanting it, which that's what you're doing with sod, you're transplanting mm -hmm. it. Um, don't, it's already shocked enough with the transplanting process. You're not helping it by fertilizing it. That doesn't like give it a boost. What it does is just make it even more stressed. Like, oh my gosh, now I got to grow more green leaf, you know? So yeah, you give it a break, let it get more established before you then say, okay, now's a good time to. Yeah, plants that have just been transplanted or turf that's just been put down is not going to take up fertilizer anyway, so don't put it down. Mm -hmm. And Lee says that she grows okra in her earth box, the self-watering container, and does well. There's an idea. Yeah, yeah. And you know. Why do you keep showing like, that? I like okra. <laughs> My email. Oh, <laughs> it's for the hard questions. Send them to this email, all right? I haven't shown your email here. Much. Yeah, we'll, we'll 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 flash it real quick at the very end. Okay, I have a forward button. <laughs> yeah, the hard ones get forwarded anyway. So, <laughs> Bill says he's been practicing for the possible new fertilizer restrictions. He hasn't fertilized since May thirty first. That's good. People don't realize that before you fertilize anything, whether it's a lawn, it's your hedge bushes, it's your rosebush, whatever it might be, you should always have a reason for fertilizing. And if it falls under any kind of restrictions like your lawn, most counties in this area have some kind of fertilizer mm -hmm. ordinance that mm -hmm. you have to follow also. But you should only fertilize for a good reason. Like my grass needs and, and it. And a, a date on the calendar is not that good reason. Yeah, because a spring is not a good reason. Because fertilizer was on sale is not a good reason. Because the fertilizer blackout period starts day after tomorrow, that's not a good reason either. Most, a lot of times people tend to over fertilize plants. And I could tell you lawn services, the people that you pay to come out and spray and take care of your lawn, None, I've never seen one that was shy about using fertilizer. Oh my God, they'll pour it on. Mm -hmm. They'll just, because fertilizer covers a lot of, a lot of sins, basically. Mm -hmm. A lot makes, of. Makes their customer happy for the moment. They get mm -hmm. their money, they move on. They have, you know, they have to run this efficient business. And in running an efficient business, it usually involves keeping the customer happy at that moment, <laughs> not the long range. Yeah. yeah, so instead of digging, kind of looking into it, figuring out what's the problem, what's the root of the problem, what steps we're going to take to fix it long term, sometimes the simplest and quickest thing is, I just go throw fertilizer on it and tell Mrs. Smith to water more often. 
and that's never going to fix the uh, the, the background problem. Um, somebody called in. I know she was very nice, but she said it rains everywhere but her house. <laughs> yeah, that it just seemed like that. Yes, and that her yard man told her she needed to call and request that she get permission to water more than once a week. Oh, because she's special and you can just call well, her. I don't think she even felt that much that way, but you know, oh, we're like, okay, yes, because your lawn man said, no, <laughs> you know, it doesn't, you're one of 180,000, you know. Um, <laughs> doesn't work like that here in but, Hernando County. Yeah. And my guess is wherever you live, it probably doesn't work that way there, there are either. steps you can take and for variances, but you got to prove a whole lot of stuff. And variances never really, you know, we haven't found a good enough <laughs> reason to approve. So, you know, we were trying to talk to her more about, you know, how she can have a better lawn. Uh, but don't always just, you know, if your lawn guy tells you, just call and ask so you can water more. <laughs> no, life doesn't work that way, <laughs> you know. And if they say just water in the middle of the night or the weekends or something like that, water as much as you want, check your county's watering restrictions and stay within them because most counties enforce them. And if they catch you breaking the rules, they'll write you a ticket or some kind of fine, and they can be very expensive. We don't want to see that happen to anybody. So, so know your rules, stick within the rules. You may not be happy with the rules, but the rules, unfortunately, are the rules. Mm. It'd be similar to your mechanic saying, you know, you, you really, you need to blow out um, your spark plugs and stuff. So you need special permission to drive faster than the speed limit. You know, it's it's just. No, yeah, yeah. They're know. not, not going to go for that one. Yeah. Um, and if you're worried the saying, no, they don't enforce the rules. We're working on that. That's all I'm going to say about that. We're working on it. Could, it's still going through the process of being approved for the budget. And our budget year begins October 1st in Hernando County. But you might want to spread the word to your violating neighbors that after that time frame, we are hoping, assuming it goes through the budget, that there will be a couple of dedicated code enforcement officers whose whole job is to control you know watering and they will work nights and weekends so their whole job is to drive around and catch people who are educate people <laughs> watering on the wrong day or at the wrong time and educate them mm -hmm. <laughs> so we got a few other things here uh -oh. or find them <laughs> Well, Monique, I'm sure you follow the rules anyway, yes, so you yes. don't have to worry about this. Yeah, she's good. Okay. And in Brooksville, they don't even... Um, City of Brooksville Utilities, which is part of their public works, they tell us, you know, with them incorporating Southern Hills is the first time they've ever had to deal with people having irrigation systems <laughs> on, a, on a, you know, large basis because... It's a different demographic in the city of Brooksville, but also it's a different um, topography. Yeah. So. And Southern Hills is one of the very few neighborhoods 
in Hernando County where they have reclaimed water, which falls under different rules. That's for their public areas, though, I believe. Uh, no, it's for homeowners also. Oh, they they tap fantastic. it too. Good. It's a weird system. Do you know how they run their system? City of Brooksville pumps the reclaimed water all the way out there in the big, fat, purple pipes, mm -hmm. and they pump it into a pond. At the other end of the pond, they pump the water out and pump it into another pond. Mm -hmm. From that pond, they pump it out, and it can go to either the common areas or golf courses, or another pipe goes to homeowners, and that's where they tap their reclaimed water from. So I have actually gotten phone calls and had to go look at it before from people who have problems where they ran their irrigation, it sprayed on the wall of their house, and it sprayed like goo. Mm -hmm. And it's like... The system sucked up some algae out of a pond. Who runs reclaimed water into storage ponds to hold it? It's going to get algae. It's going to get yeah. bullfrogs. It's going to get <laughs> ducks. It has animals pooping in it and now contains salmonella, which makes it unsafe. So I've, I never, I didn't get any deeper into it than that. I'm just kind of like, that's a really weird The system I system. have looked at was in right in Pasco, like just over the line in Pasco. And it wasn't run like that. But what I learned from them was, of course, when you have reclaimed water, um, there could be more nitrogen in it. But it's never the same amount. It's going to be different yeah. each time. So you have to adjust your fertilizing. You really have to do the soil tests there. And also, it is not good for acid-loving plants. Azaleas hate the um, reclaimed water as well as, you know, any gardenias, things like that. So. Yeah, reclaimed water tends to have a high pH. pH. Yes. It's all different. So whatever, you know, municipal entity supplies it to you, you can request a water test. Mm -hmm. They test the water and they'll mm -hmm. send that information to you. But every time you turn it on, it might be a little bit different. And every, every batch is different. And it has a lot of fertilizer salts in it. So you're going to have to subtract that from how much fertilizer you put down in your lawn, bushes, whatever. And it's, I can almost guarantee you the fertilizer puts out is not balanced. No. So reclaimed can help. It's good. It's better than, yeah. But it's not perfect. Right. Don't, don't think, well, I could just run reclaimed every single day. It's also, and everything's yeah, going to grow great. Just because it's it widely not. available doesn't mean your lawn wants that much water or your landscape either. Yeah, if yeah. you know if you're growing rice in your yard, mm -hmm. you know maybe it's wonderful, but not not much. Not many of us are growing rice. If you're growing turf grass, it doesn't need that much water. It doesn't need ten inches of water a week. But Sam asks, is moringa tree invasive in Florida? Yes, it is. It's looking that way. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't make it up. Not my decision. You know, go they to did the, what is it? Center for Aquatic and Invasive Plants online. That's a UF department. Mm -hmm. You'll find Moringa Tree on their list. Yes. So, unfortunately, Moringa are Tree. Are we surprised by that, Phil? No, we are not because it grows very well, grows very quickly. It flowers. It sets pods like bean pods that when it falls to the ground they break open the seeds germinate so it, you know anything that becomes an instant superstar in the plant world has me looking at it skeptically especially you know non-natives 
and going back to watering restrictions, you can put you Monique on the, the good list. Yes, I'm sure she does. And Lori, it frustrates everybody to see people irrigating their lawns in the middle of the day when it's raining. And I've seen that happen in front of apartment complexes, banks and other businesses, sometimes um, the median in the road, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which would fall under county. Control tricks, mm. DOT, somebody. No, when you see, DOT is not going to irrigate something. Like when you see it in front of a certain community on 19, North 19 in Hernando County, and you see that irrigation system, you see it's only a certain part. It's yeah. because that community has signed an agreement that they want that median on that state road to look nice getting to their community <laughs> so therefore they um you know are in charge they've kind of adopted that portion of it so that's you know the state or the county is not going to pay to irrigate a median i can tell you no no, no 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 you know the middles of the roads really but where you do see those there should be um being watered before 8 a.m. or after 6 on a Friday. And probably and not when it's pouring rain. Probably not when it's pouring rain. And we're getting so much rain lately. If you are also irrigating, you are asking for diseases in all of your plants. You are. Um, I've had, to, uh, and the only thing that I irrigate is my vegetable garden. And it's only when I haven't gotten rain for a couple days where I have to go out there and run it for just a little bit. Recently, I look outside, I think, I'm going to go out there and water everything today. And then yes. here comes a thunderstorm and it pours. It's like, yay, now I don't have to go out and do it. The past couple of days, 4.30 has been the time. Yeah. And that's when I get off of work. <laughs> Although, chance of rain is dropping for the next few days. <laughs> by a lot. Gonna, yeah, so. and it's going to rain over the weekend again, yeah. I think. Sunny and hot. But we've had plenty of rain. You know... We've talked about this all the time. People tend to think rain is a nice extra on top of the life support system for their yard, which is their irrigation system. No, 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 and no. Your yard should be living on the natural rainfall. And if it needs some help now and again, that's when your irrigation system comes into play. Yes, so there's nothing wrong with running, even if you have an in-ground system, running it only when you need it. Mm -hmm. A lot of people think, well, my watering day is Wednesday. That doesn't mean you have to water every Wednesday. You could take the summer off. You could take really a month could. off. Really During the winter, you could probably take every other week off, even if it's not raining very much. You know, you don't have to run it just because you can run it. Now, some people don't have control of that. Yeah. Does. yeah, it varies. People who live in HOAs and, uh, yeah. you know, other people control the timer boxes. Not everybody knows much about the timer boxes. Some people are afraid of the timer boxes. If you go out there, if you just look at your box and see what the name of the manufacturer is, open the little box, find the model number. If you look online, you can find the directions for that. And most of them, they're all very, they aim to be very user-friendly. Some of the, the new ones do an awful lot. You could set up six different programs. You don't probably don't need to do that. But they try to be 
fairly user-friendly for you to be able to figure out. And one of the phone calls I already got this week was, it was one of the best phone calls I've ever had because the gentleman was calling me while he was standing at his timer box. <laughs> so he was <laughs> asking, you know, verifying the times and the dates that he needed to put in there. So that was a very productive phone call. <laughs> And Monique says, talking about invasive trees, my neighbor removed a bunch of a bunch of paper mulberries. This is a tree that I get quite a few phone calls about. They're the white mulberry or paper mulberry. They do get an actual mulberry, mm -hmm. but they are invasive. Oh my gosh, some people can't get rid of them. No matter what they do, they can't get rid of them. She says, now I'm getting them everywhere like paper mulberries on crack. And they're so weak. They break all over the place. You're probably going to have to just uh, be diligent and result to physical means, which is digging them up as best you can and as much as you can, and herbicides to spray also. So between physical and chemical methods, if you're diligent and keep checking on them, you can get rid of them. Monique lives, you know, in the center of the county. Mm -hmm. which is an oak hammock. So it is very green, very lush. And, you know, some people prefer that to the more open sandy areas west in the county. Is that near the house that we went and looked at that had literally the river running by the house? I mean, it's or like kind of in the same. She's more downtown, like by the courthouse, you know, downtown. I think. Oh, okay. And, um... Big oak trees, beautiful Spanish moss, you know, the real, and it is very green and lush and stays greener in the winter. Get They seem to get more rain. <laughs> I don't know if they do, if you measured it, but it's also a greenhouse for every invasive you can possibly imagine. So you take the good with the bad. Is You're just going to just keep doing that, aren't you? Yes. Oh, no. That, that's, that's my job is clicking and showing these things. <laughs> and thank you so much, Teresa. I noticed that you've been on here for a while and we mentioned something and all of a sudden magically a link to a University of Florida um, uh, fact sheet pops up. So that's really that's Teresa doing all that. Yep. It's, and that's why I'm actually physically here because Teresa wanted the books. So. Whatever Teresa wants, Teresa gets because she's so helpful <laughs> to us. Yeah, I couldn't make it through the day at work without Teresa. So yes. thank you. Mm -hmm. Thanks. We need to still have her on here as a guest. I and I have a few people lined up that we can ask to be guests. We have a new 4-H program assistant mm -hmm. that we can have as a guest. Yes. And Hannah, who has been on here before, who is in charge of the Chinsiga Conservation Center, has two new people working with her, and we can have all three of them on here. And they know all about wildlife and birds and snakes and stuff. I don't know anything about that. should go out to their place and do it there. You can kind of back up to, that, to, their, hmm. to their deck out there and have that pretty view. Depends on how good their internet is, which is probably not that good. <laughs> You know, we could, and we could even go outside live because I can log on as a participant here on my phone as a separate you were just there, entity. Just splashing around in the water, weren't you? Yes, I was there. Um, we did a program for um, 
uh, families and children on aquatic insects. So we went down to the lake and it's pretty full. And they even have a couple alligators down there now, which is cool. We didn't yeah, see them, yeah, but yeah. so we got out the nets and went in the water and scooped up diving water beetles and dragonfly larvae and damselfly larvae and, and all kinds of cool of stuff that? to teach children about all the wonderful things that are in the natural world around them. And what else? The importance of keeping clean water yes, because yes. all those things live there in the right. water. And to verify the health of their, mm -hmm. um, what is it? Is it a swamp, uh, a lake? What is, it's a prairie. Maze Prairie, so it's yeah. more like a swamp area that fills with water. <laughs> it, it, it's a, a temporary lake. It's a wet, dry lake. Yeah. There are times, uh, I've seen times over the last, I've been here almost nine years, where it's almost dry. There's just a little puddle out in the middle, mm -hmm. and then other years it's completely filled with water. You'd think it was like a bass fishing lake or something. It's, not been a long time. it's still hot right now, though. Yeah. I need to. I need They're to building a classroom out there. On the prairie? Uh, on the water, do you know where you walk through the um, the cypress trees and there's a little wooden boardwalk? Yeah. Yeah, it's right there at the wooden boardwalk. Ooh. I wonder if they're going to have decent internet there because we could broadcast live from there. I'm thinking of taking my camera. I haven't been out there in and, a long time. You get beautiful pictures out there. And if you go out there and start looking real, real close, we could probably find that alligator. <laughs> probably. And yeah. get, get him to join in too. So you have another guest. I've lived here since I was 11. You're not scaring me with the elevator. I'd be like, hey, how you doing? Oh, no, thank you, Teresa. And Monique says, I know triclopyr is about the only control. Triclopyr would work very, very well in that instance. Uh, mulberry is a broadleaf plant, and triclopyr works really well on broadleaf invasives. Should she apply it like cut and apply? Or? Depends. If all of them are only a foot or so tall, just spray the whole thing. If they're bigger and you just cut them down with a chainsaw, right after you cut it down, spray the stump with a concentrated solution of either triclopyr or glyphosate. It's called cut stump treatment. And the stump will suck the chemicals into it and go into the roots and totally kill it pretty quickly. It's pretty effective. So triclopyr for mulberries is going to be very effective. Works really well for Brazilian pepper, mm -hmm. white lead tree, a bunch of other things. Now there is a native mulberry, the black mulberry, is that right? There's a red mulberry, there's a black mulberry. People grow red, mulberry. Red mulberry is the native. That yeah. one is okay. Um, it's not going to go crazy on you. Still not something you want to have near the house, in the front yard. It's almost like an elderberry. It's not overly attractive you know and it's going to gets messy it gets messy but if you have land and you put it somewhere you know out in the back 40 fantastic um uh for attracting wildlife very widely used in food forests mm -hmm. and it's kind of a funny tree because when you get one and plant it it's one of those things that either it's very happy and it takes off and grows like a weed or it will promptly die one or the other so no middle of the road mulberries i've told you the story of mulberries haven't i when i was a child still in Pennsylvania, the mulberry tree reached over into our yard 
and I ate every berry that <laughs> was available. Everyone? <laughs> Pretty much, because that evening my sister was screaming and my because I was vomiting. And, and yeah, yeah. Um, my mother ended up taking me to the emergency room because they both thought it was blood. <laughs> <laughs> it was mulberries, so that's my mulberry story. My, yeah, my, don't eat too many mulberries. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm jumping around here. Um, Glenda asks, is there a way to share a pic of a sick plant in this chat? Mm, not really. Best not really. If you email it to me, we could talk about it now. And we could talk about it. it today, and I could show it to everybody. Or why don't you show your email, Dr. Lester? It's right there. There you go. Email it to this address. Email the difficult questions there too. We'll get back with you as soon as we can. Email is by far the quickest and easiest way to get a hold of me. And even if you miss getting it or done for this program, email it anyway. He can talk to you about it and then we can also bring it up next week. Calling my office phone is the worst way to get a hold of me. Um Facebook Instant Messenger, I check and I get notifications. We respond to them I, pretty quickly. Um, I do, but I, it doesn't pop up in front of my face. Yeah, so Facebook is, is funny what you not get the notifications fastest on. Way yeah. to get a hold of me. Really, the best way is the email. Yeah. Yeah, because unfortunately, I get that on my phone, yeah, and I, you know, we're awesome never too email. we're never too far away from. It, so. Don't tell them that because we don't answer. <laughs> <gasps> Lorraine asks, where can I find information on gopher tortoises and how to handle their habitats? Lorraine, if you come back and join us again next week, I'm going to ask Hannah and crew, her two young ladies, to be guests. And they all are with FWC, the Fish and Wildlife Commission. They are the experts on gopher tortoises, and they can tell you all about them and tell you how to get information. If you look, if you need something sooner, if you look online under University of Florida, go for tortoises. UF has a lot of fact sheets and printed information on them also. Um, There's we also have, a uh, yes? video on Hernando County Government YouTube. Go there, go under Florida Friendly Landscaping Playlist. Look through all those videos. Find one on go for it. Go for it. And it's gardening for gophers. Okay, so you can garden for them. And look at this. Teresa already has a link to some information in the chat here. And I do nothing. I have the, the gophers. They're just there. And that's kind of the key is I do nothing and yeah. let, let them be there. Yeah. And we have them in my neighborhood still also. They live in the empty lots. Mm -hmm. And here in Hernando County, we have a program, the, um, what's the um, the land? What did my singer do? What was his department? Environmentally Sensitive Land. ESL, the Environmentally Sensitive Lands Program. And they have somebody new in charge. And as soon as I meet them, I'll ask them to come on and be a guest also. And they are so. with, they used to be with the planning department. Now they're with Parks and Rec. Yeah. Yeah. Technically, we fall somewhere and under then, Parks and Rec also. Under the big umbrella. Mm -hmm. um, and there are several uh, places that environmentally sensitive lands 
um, what do you want to call them? You know, places you can go and hike and all that things that are, you know, under their purview. Properties that they manage here in Hernando County. One of them is they were bought for preservation and they're, yeah. they're most generally turned into parks also. You can at least hike and, yeah. you know, and make use of them. Thicket Hammock is on the west side on Centralia. Um, is it Big Cypress? Cypress Preserve is in Ridge Manor on Ridge Manor Boulevard or on 50. You can get in either way. Um, a lot of construction there right now, but yeah. if you get into the you go down Ridge Manor Boulevard um, and get in that way. That's an amazing place. And uh, I've seen cypresses so huge that I've never seen in my life, you know, there. It's probably pretty mosquito-y right now. So wait a month or two. Yeah, yeah. Um, they have some other, well, Peck Sink, but you need um, an appointment to be able to view that. They're working on putting in a boardwalk and a viewing place mm -hmm. there, but they're, they're in the process of that. I'm probably under construction right now. And that is more in Brooksville and off of Wiscon by the Walmart in Brooksville. Mm -hmm. So there's all kind of cool things, places you can go. What other so guys, it looks like it's almost that time. So if anybody has any other last minute does Lorraine have another question there? Or oh no, that's a gopher tortoise. Yep. So if anybody has any um all I can see from the questions. little share is your bolded names. <laughs> Not your question. <laughs> yeah. Many burning questions. Did I? Oh, there's something I should tell you about. Uh I'm gonna have a surprise class. <laughs> Thought you're gonna say surprise party. No, it's um I'm gonna pre-record it. I hope to have it available by August 10th. And it is going to be called Monarchs, Milkweed, and Myths. Oh my goodness. I'm not doing that live because of all the attention. When something gets too much attention, it gets attention of the ne'er do wells as well. So I'm not a monarch expert, but I'm. There's a whole lot of chatter right yeah, now yeah, about yeah. monarchs. So I just want to put the most reasonable <laughs> information out there that we can find, find out what you can do, you know, and to be a help. Sometimes we overdo in trying to help and we end up hindering. So that'll be hopefully available August 10th. But it'll be pre-recorded and then just put online. So Yeah, and we'll share that on our Facebook page also, which the link for that is right there. Mm -hmm. And as always, please be sure to go by and visit our Master Gardener Nursery. They are there every Wednesday and Saturday. Weather permitting, if we're under tornado warnings, they may not be out there. Um, but they're there from 8.30 in the morning till 11. AM. You shouldn't be out there either if we have tornado warnings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got a tornado in the neighborhood. You can wait to get plants. <laughs> but uh, they have a great selection of different Florida friendly plants and native plants. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times we recommend different native plants for you to add to and your they, landscape. Last I knew, and I'm sure this will be a priority of theirs to provide more and more native milkweed specifically please just don't run to your big box store and pick up that tropical milkweed that's not the answer 
Yeah, because if you already have it in the yard, we have. Um, you're okay right now, so I'm going to leave you alone. But we have specific. It uh, works. It's okay. Caterpillars yeah, eat it. So. Um, you know, specific guidelines for you, and you'll have to find that out by watching <laughs> my program on the 10th. But the answer is not to fill up your yard with 50 or 100 tropical milkweeds. Not at all. So native is really the best way to go. And all milkweeds is certainly not the problem. When it's not the answer either. Get some. Use them. Diversity. Diversity is the key to any healthy ecosystem. You need other plants there too. So. And people need to understand the, the whole ecosystem, the whole thing that's going on. If you start raising a huge number of caterpillars in a very small spot, you will have more predators show up that eat caterpillars. That just kind of makes sense. So those might include wasps and a number of other things people get upset about. So, yeah, we'll be doing more programming on that. Mm -hmm. And then this coming fall, we're going to be doing more programming about native plants that you can incorporate in your landscape. And we're probably going to do something hands-on at the Master Gardener Nursery at some point when it cools off by a few yeah, degrees. Yeah. I'm not going Before it gets cold. I don't like cold. I can do cold. I'll do the cold ones. <laughs> you can do the summer ones. I hate cold. I can always put on more clothes. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll let it cool off a little bit. So that, that's coming up this fall. A little warm right now. I'm not going out there till October. I'm just telling you. <laughs> And Monique says, the milkweed I bought at the nursery when I met you both is just now starting to bloom. Yeah, That's it takes great. a while. That tuberosa, yeah. that orange, it does take a little bit longer. But mine is too. And, you know, let it go to seed and let it blow around. Or you can save the seed. Go, when it's ready to blow it. around, you can pick it off and, and save it in silk. the container. Yeah, yeah. And because it's for here, I don't think you have to go through that whole stratifying you dry it out, but you don't have to refrigerate it or anything because it grows here anyway. Yeah, yeah, it does. You have there's certain things you have to stratify, but most milkweed and oh, some, the other yeah, some native plants you need to. In your rush to help the monarchs and buy more milkweed, don't send away to Wisconsin for your milkweed. There are ecotypes, you know. There are varieties that grow here in Central. There's 21 varieties that grow in Florida. Really, three to potentially five commercially available, easily propagatable, and profitable, you know, um, milkweeds. So stay in touch with with me, and I will find you know, and and with your Native Plant Society and with the Master Gardeners. To get a hold of that, those native varieties. The other thing you can do is support um, wild natural areas where the wild natural uh, milkweed can grow where it wants to grow. The, you know that isn't as easily propagated in our yards. So. Okay. I don't see too many other questions on here. Keep it local. Yes, we're trying to. <laughs> okay, guys, thank you very much. And oh my gosh, we are almost right on time. Only three minutes over. That's not, that's not that. That's pretty good that's for us. I was talking. <laughs> thank you so much for joining us this week. Uh, 
somebody will be here next Thursday at 10 a.m. Hopefully, it's the two of us. Hopefully, the two of us with a special guest. Um, I will reach out um, to somebody. We'll have, we'll have somebody on here. We need to start having more guests on here to answer the really hard questions. You don't want to make Lily answer all of them. So thank you so much, everybody, for joining us. And uh, until next Thursday at 10 a.m. Or you can watch us Wednesday at 10 a.m. from uh, our Zoom class about micro-irrigation, where I have set it up, but <gasps> this guy here is going to do most of the talking. See right here, it's down for Wednesday. Yes, that's good. I wanted um, to double check it was on my schedule. I made the PowerPoint. I checked it with him. He approved it. He's going to do most of the talking. So that's how it's going to go. It'll be great. Yes. And then I can help add to your 85 videos oh, on, on yeah. YouTube, I guess. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll use whoever I have to. No. <laughs> <laughs> so join us next Thursday. Join us next Wednesday. Follow us on Facebook for all of our different classes, activities, everything else coming up. Go to HernandoExtension.com. I didn't. Yay, there we go. We can make a scroll on the bottom of the screen. Go to HernandoExtension.com, and that should have an up-to-date list of all of our upcoming classes and activities and events. And follow us and join us. And until next Thursday at 10 a.m., we'll see you then. Thanks, everyone. Thank you.